0: Hello! Welcome to Deep Loreable. a podcast where a couple of friends dredge the internet for the deepest lore. I'm Michael Bastine, And I'm Billy Staples. This week, as we mentioned last week, we are here to talk to you about the Blue Man
1: Group. Billy, why don't you bring our audience up to speed on the basics? So the Blue Man Group is... They're a group of people that have blue skin that travel and do shows on live stages. They notably use paint, as far as I'm aware and often use PVC piping to make music. Yeah, by and large, that's kind of the
0: overall basics. They're they're sort of a... If any of you have ever heard of a group called Stomp, they're very similar beyond just the PVC pipe drums that they use. They also uh, use things like marshmallows and gumballs and Captain Crunch cereal to do sort of percussive performance pieces. How'd your research go on this one, Billy? Because uh, much like with several of the others, mine was a, a good number of hours
1: of... Not a whole lot coming up. Yeah, I there definitely was a, I had going to like a couple sites. They had similar stories, but weren't some were more detailed than others. Mm-hmm. There's kind of, this this kind of had the opposite effect of vampires, where it, instead of it being too narrow and there not being enough research, it was more there was enough, but there wasn't like a very diverse group of information.
0: Mm it it didn't it didn't go very deep yeah kind of similar to the Florida man episode where where the rabbit hole didn't go as deep as we initially hoped but I have good news Billy I think you missed something that I found because in sort of the the 11th hour of my research I stumbled across something wonderful just a quick clarification, I think today will be the first real episode where we get to talk about the separation of sort of in fiction versus out of fiction lore with the Captain Crunch uh, episode it was it was easy to spot because you know there obviously the stuff that we were talking about that was about the real people was stuff that happened out in the real world, whereas the stuff that was like you know Captain Crunch's enemies and whatnot that was all yeah stuff that happened within the, the quote-unquote universe that uh, the creators of the brand had developed. With the Blue Man group being a performance group, there is obviously a dichotomy between the performers and the characters that they portray. And while the performers certainly have a very interesting history, and I think there's a lot to touch on, and we'll definitely talk about it as we go, I found lore for the characters... Oh, and I'll say no more because I do want to save the majority of that for the end, as is my wont with the good information that I come across. I try to save the best stuff for last. But what you let's let's kind of open up with just the general research. What did you find, Billy?
1: Prior to researching, I thought the Blue Man Group was was mostly just music. They don't do just music. I've learned. I also didn't know that they were mute, and their choreography relies on miming, gestures, props. Yeah. In
0: 2017, uh, Blue Man Group was actually bought by Cirque du Soleil while they're based out of New York. And in fact, if you want to join the Blue Man Group or not the Blue Man Group, sorry, it was they were very specific. It's just Blue Man Group. It's not the Blue Man Group. We refer to it as the Blue Man Group off and on because English. If you mean to join Blue Blue Man Group, though, you actually do have to be willing to go do your training in New York. Um, and as a matter of fact, because of how kind of limited they are as a, because they have to go to each location that they're going to perform at physically you, it is also in their bylaws that you have to be willing to relocate if you want to join them. But they, one of the acts I found in my research that was interesting was what they called their feast. Oh, did you find, did you find stuff about this?
1: Uh, I think I saw some, like, like I think I've seen some stuff on it. Um, the feast itself is, is like
0: a, it's, I, I don't fully understand, it's one of those things I think you need to be at the performance to really understand, um, but essentially they prepare a quote-unquote feast, um, that they invite one of the audience up to join them with, and it is largely composed of Twinkies and Marshmallows and Captain Crunch cereal.
1: The Feast of Kings.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's... Curious, I actually uh, uh, to to delve into the time-honored journalistic tradition of speculation. Uh, could there be interconnected Captain Crunch and Blue Man Group lore? I I feel like I see possibilities. I saw Maybe. some numbers off of various sites that the Blue Man that Blue Man Group goes through as much as two thousand pounds of Captain Crunch cereal in their performances on a yearly basis. Where are they getting all this Captain Crunch from? Does the captain know about this? Is he selling it to the Blue Man Group? I... Wow. (laughs) That's... I know, right? It makes you think. From a lore perspective, it's very interesting. I wonder if... uh... Now, obviously, it's less fun to think about because the companies... The two companies have no... The two companies and brands have no bearing on each other. Whatever. Although... I actually didn't find any information as to whether or not Blue Man Group had any sponsorships through Captain Crunch, which may have the potential for an interconnected universe. Maybe. Uh, What do we call it? Marvel's got the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Would this be the... The Crunchiverse. Oh, the Crunchiverse! There it is! The Crunchiverse! The Crunchiverse has already opened a connection to the Marvel Universe, which... I mean, that right there gets you into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which... I wonder if there's a... I mean, I've got to imagine there's a Blue Man group in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Because it takes place in what is essentially a more futuristic version of our world. Food for thought. I found pretty limited information on this, but I I did find that apparently the group was founded in 1987. And from what I could tell, it seems like their first appearance was a street procession where they burned a Rambo doll and a piece of the Berlin Wall to celebrate the end of the 80s. Now, I was actually talking to my mother about this as she was uh, in high school when the whole Berlin Wall situation went down, and she said that was uh, 89. So there's a bit of an inconsistency there, and I'm not sure if that is an inconsistency just in the information that I was able to find, or if... um. The Blue Man Group may have officially kind of been convened in 87, and it wasn't until 89 that they actually
1: did anything. Because
0: initially—well, go ahead, Billy. You're about to say something.
1: That first public appearance was supposed to celebrate the end of the 1980s, so.
0: That's true. That's definitely true. What else did you find out? What else did you come across, Billy?
1: I learned that the Blue Man Group created an independent school in New York— Called Blue School in two thousand and six. That's a creative name,
0: I say with sarcasm dripping from every pore. So we're looking at. I, I actually found a little bit on that myself. I it was like age two through grade eight. Yeah. Did you find anything else? Anything else interesting about that? I, I
1: I didn't find anything else interesting. No. No.
0: I I saw some some of the prices and I was like, mm, that seems a lot. But at the same time, I don't really have any perspective on. For one thing, it's a school in New York, and the yeah the cost of living in new york is quite a bit higher than over here in michigan um and for another thing i don't think i really just know in general how much school costs to go to uh, or at least a private school like the blue school would be but they yeah. seem pretty pretty invested in a lot of i think what a, a lot of the same ideals that blue man group was founded on in the sense that they're all about creativity and and viewing the world through a new perspective through new eyes fresh eyes from their site What I was seeing was that apparently there are 70 of these guys. Yeah. And I don't know if that number was including like all of the staff, because obviously there's a ton of staff that goes into actually making these um, these productions happen because you've you've got to have people setting things up, tearing things down. You have sound managers, stage managers, the actual there's only three performers on stage. The numbers I think I saw were roughly, like, six in each, um, like, state. Hmm. So they probably have more than just the three main performers on the off chance that someone gets sick or hurt or whatever. Did you see any of the other numbers on the site
1: there? I remember seeing something, something about 12, and I think I think that was the, there's 12, counting the, the staff, so, like, the costume design, the mm-hmm. there's 12 people.
0: Okay, so, in like, each group?
1: Yeah, Man, that doesn't feel like enough. There's seventy five worldwide. Yeah, they, I think from what I remember about reading, there's four or five actual blue men. So that way, if they need to, they can trade. They can trade out as needed. Twenty five countries visited, though. That's a good number. Yeah, countries, not states, which I, I I found kind
0: of fascinating. Mostly because so the the big thing about the blue man group, the big thing about blue man group,
1: right, is that they don't talk. Yeah, which makes them very good internationally. Right. None of
0: their performance, their entire performance is nonverbal. So you don't have to speak the same language as the performers to understand it, which I, I think is an interesting exploration of body language and intercultural relationships. It's kind of fascinating to think about the degree to which human posture and body language is ingrained into the instinctive sort of the animalistic mind of the human um, that you can convey all of this stuff no matter what language you speak purely by body language and and by action.
1: I did learn that the BMG uh,
0: the... No, you, you got it. The Blue Man, Blue Man Group. The BMG. The
1: BMG. It does sound are... like the
0: DMV though. Uh, potential <laughs> other lore. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll have to do a lore video on the DMV.
1: Um, That's gotta be as they... exciting as the DMV. Carry on. They host autism-friendly performance, and uh, they've been doing that since 2014. In 2016, the group committed to having a performance at each location that would be sensory-friendly, so reduced sound and light levels. I saw that, and I was... was kind of frankly impressed i it makes sense once you once
0: you hear that they did that if any group were any performing group were to do that i think the blue man group would be the ones to do that but it definitely um it speaks to kind of the the intent and the um i guess the mission statement of blue man group that they would try to figure out how to do that with the blue man with blue man group being a it's such a sensory performance it has to be incredibly difficult to make that work for people with sensory issues, sensory overload issues. Yeah,
1: I also read somewhere that if if you go to one of their concerts, well, con- live performances, I guess I should say, mm-hmm. you can actually request headphones. Really, headphones yeah. like um, like um, noise canceling headphones, like you would okay, use so at a gun range. So, oh, so yeah, things to dampen the dampen the sound.
0: Yeah. That's really neat. I, I I heard I know that they like for the front rows you are given ponchos because they splash throw, zone. Yeah, they throw paint and water and like everything everywhere.
1: Those folks are messy. Those three, the three front rows are called the poncho zone, if I recall.
0: <laughs> Wait, are they called the poncho zone? Oh man, that's wonderful. We're so used to the splash zone. Oh man, I found something cursed. Oh, uh, did you find any of the videos like there are some videos on their site, but there's also some stuff floating around online of the sort of behind the scenes stuff with the actors and the performers talking? I have not. So their makeup, right? Yeah, that stuff is it was called grease paint, but I don't know that it was exactly grease paint. Basically, what they do is they, they ha- they're they not actually, for the most part, bald. Uh, they wear bald caps, but their their makeup has the cons- consistency of Vaseline, which they are covered in, and that is just wholly upsetting to me. Imagining being in their shoes, oh my goodness! To, oh, I don't like putting on sunscreen.
1: Yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't be a blue man. Oh gosh! But
0: no, it never, it doesn't dry. That paint does yeah. not dry, which is intentional. They don't want it to dry. So that they always look, I think the, I think the cosmetic term is dewy, yeah. which somehow has a very similar vibe to me as moist, but you know, here we are. <laughs> I couldn't do it, especially cause like they, they throw all that Captain Crunch cereal and stuff around and they eat it yeah. like just out of the box. They grab handfuls of it with their hands covered in this blue terribleness I'm just imagining all of those crumbs like stuck to the outside of your skin that's covered in Vaseline. It's just like, ah. I imagine they blue- wear blue rubber gloves. I hope they do. <laughs> for their, <laughs> For the sake of their health, it can't be good to eat that paint. Oh, but I don't think they do. And actually I have a reason why I don't think they do, but we'll
1: save that. That goes into the deep lore. Oh, I found a lot of... A lot of stuff that I'm not confident in, but it was mm-hmm. it was in several spots. Yeah. So up? one of the things I saw, and I don't know how credible it is, is they went with the name Blue Man because it sounds like human. Oh yeah, I saw something about that. So from what I was seeing, from like
0: the the from what I could, f- and there were places that claimed to be quotes from the original founding members. Yeah. The decision to be the the Blue Men initially came from kind of. Kind of a spur-of-the-moment decision. A card that someone kept in their wallet that was related to, like, I think a golf sports thing. But I think it grew from there, from what I was seeing, into a way to break so the story of the story that i saw of of how blue man group was created was the the original founding members um whose names i don't actually have written down and now that i think about it it's kind of an oversight on my part i should have i should have included those but it came from seeing a group of like hardcore punk rockers with the their mohawks and spikes and everything walking with or or past a group of business suit well-dressed individuals and them being just completely cool around each other, like nothing weird going down. Yeah. And the founding member is thinking what a world it is that that can happen. That two people from such obviously different lives and cultures, for lack of a better word, can cross paths with each other and nothing happens. And it it birthed this idea of wanting to make a group that really spoke to the sense of breaking free of culture. Breaking free of what you of the expected and viewing things through the eyes of someone who's completely completely new to it it seems like i also read that thing about blue man sounding like human and i think i don't know that that's necessarily what they were thinking when they first got started but i think that might be a good approximation of where where they've come from like what the what blue man group has become
1: do have i do have the names of the three founding members of the, the blue man group we got chris wink matt goldman and Phil Stanton.
0: There you go. I I remember the name Wink, but I didn't know any like I couldn't remember any of the rest of it off the top of my head.
1: The other bit of questionable data that I have is somewhere some one of the sites that I looked at mentioned that the reason they use this the special grease paint that never dries is that way they can look like they jumped out of a painting. Huh. I didn't see, I didn't see that. Which I read and I'm I'm like I can kind of see it, but that doesn't Match up with what else I've been reading.
0: No, I, I, huh. It, the grease paint was definitely like the choice of paint was very intentional. They wanted yeah. their, their look to be the way that that paint makes them
1: look. But I, I, you're right in the sense that I didn't
0: catch anything about that in my research. But I mean, I don't catch everything. So
1: I do know as to why they chose blue paint though. Why? It's because blue is. Blue is a calming color.
0: Oh, yeah, that's that's actually super smart. I I didn't think about that. Psychologists have been doing experience experiments with color for ages to varying degrees of success. Naturally, depending on the decade you're talking about, psychology has had Had its ups and downs, its shining moments and its uh, less savory ones. But one of the experiments that I can remember off the top of my head from a psychology class I took in college was one where they had, I think it was apes, possibly chimpanzees, and what they would do is... They would have workers uh, or researchers wearing different colored shirts go in and provide food for them. And in their experiments, they found that between blue and red, the monkeys that they had were would almost always go for the food that was being provided by the person in the blue shirt.
1: That could potentially be a part of the reason why when you think of blue, it's
0: right. I think at this point, it's it's fair to say that color definitely has its certain psychological impacts. Color isn't everything, obviously. Yeah, I think blue was definitely a good choice for for a color that brings about a bit of a makes them appear less threatening. I do think if we had some cherry red people, that would be concerning. And also, probably would be definitely at least in twenty twenty taken as racist, yeah, I think blue is probably a good pick if only because of how un it is so unnatural it's alien it is yes, it is completely completely alien to humans as a species. well, I say completely alien, there
1: are blue people out there, do you know about this, Billy uh, I do I know of one blue person in particular okay it is
0: the same reason so um you ever heard the expression born with a silver spoon in your mouth yes yeah an expression meaning that you have everything provided for you like from birth well it comes partially from a a long held and misheld belief that consuming silver will help you will help your health and that's not to say that we don't need trace amounts of certain minerals to survive we absolutely do but consuming large amounts of silver is not going to improve your health it is not going to improve your any disease that you have but for a while a lot of people didn't know this they thought that silver would help you and some people still believe that silver will benefit you the only thing that we found silver to actually do though is to turn you blue. Yeah. Much like for the same reason that uh, flamingos turn blue due to their diet, their excessive diet of shrimp, or not blue, pink, due to their excessive diet of shrimp. If you consume too much silver, it will permanently dye your skin this sort of grayish blue. Which, I mean, if that's what you want from your life, I guess more power to you.
1: Seeing pictures of someone with that is very concerning. Yeah. It's uh it's unusual,
0: but it definitely helps Blue Man Group maintain a certain level of freedom of for lack of a better word worrying about offending people, which uh there's a lot of back and forth about we could say about that that we shouldn't get into. Yeah, not in this podcast. Not in this podcast. That's for that's for a different podcast. All right, Billy, do you have any any aces? cuz I got one and oh boy is it a doozy. I'm
1: excited. I don't really have any aces
0: not this time around. Not this time around. Yeah, we're we're going to we're going to run into I think a lot of until we get kind of the swing of picking the right topics for episodes. We're going to run into a lot of I think a lot of these. But I found one thing, Billy, one thing in the form of Blue Man World. Oh. A book released by Blue Man Group. Now, I did not purchase this book. All I, it, mostly because we do not make any money of this podcast, and I, I wasn't going to spend the money on it. It it was it was more than like five bucks. But I found some wonderful things because it contains the lore of the characters. Oh, blue men are not humans. Hmm. They have no ears. That's not just a costume choice that is a character design choice. They have no ears. And according to the book, the running theory is that their entire body works as a receiver for information as though they were giant eardrums. Okay. Apparently, Bluemen Group's uh, blue men's eyes don't work like ours. Apparently, they see the essence of things. Rather than like what we see, hmm. so rather than seeing you as a person, they kind of see the vibe that you give off. It it is it's it's proposed in this book that the blue man blue men can, in theory, because of their alternate way of sensing the world around them, could taste Beethoven, like the music. And oh, now hold off. <laughs> <laughs> Which now, quick. Sidebar into an actual condition that people have, portions of the actual human population have, is something called synesthesia. Have you heard of this? I have not. Okay, so synesthesia is something where, for whatever reason, and it's not a very well known, like not well known, but it's not a very well studied condition in the sense that it's much like a lot of conditions to do with the human psyche, it's very hard to sort of identify. If you've got a broken bone, you can point at the bone and say, ah, look, there, that bone, it's fractured, you can see the fracture, we can put it back together, we can fix it. Whereas the mind is a lot more complicated. And you can't just point at a connector in the brain and say, oh, that's not where it's supposed to be. But synesthesia or or synesthetics are people who, they experience a, a, a mixing of different senses. Hmm. One of the most common forms is for sound, or uh, in some, ca- in a lot of cases, like letters and numbers, they seem to have an inherent color to people. So, you, if when you hear Beethoven, when someone with with uh, this sort of chromatic synesthesia hears Beethoven, they see colors that are that are associated with these you know, these tones and things. This also can cause sight and taste or smell to conflict, where if you see a certain color, um, you might taste something. interesting. And it kind of bounces back to this idea that Blue Man Group is... This idea that the Blue Man, Blue Man Group is posing that these characters are capable of, which is to say that they are... Th- their senses are mixed, which I find fascinating. And then... Blue Man's skin rapidly regenerates. Like, like Wolverine? And it is left on every surface they touch. Wait. Mm. Their skin is in a constant state of fluidity and appears to survive for some time once separated from them. It is theorized that Blue Man Group's sense of touch extends beyond their bodies and that the traces of skin left behind continually transmit sensations back to the Blue Men of origin Water people. I told you I had an ace up my sleeve. It's, it is, so obviously the behind the curtain stepping back from the fiction is that what they're talking about is the, the grease paint. Yeah. Which is why I say, I don't think they wear gloves, Billy. I think the things that they touch get paint all over them.
1: Yeah, I would have to.
0: But that's definitely a terrifying, like, jumping back into the lore, that's terrifying. That's yeah. absolutely, they just have so much skin that they get it everywhere. Too much skin. Too much skin. And not only too much skin, but too much skin that just stays alive after it leaves their bodies. Uh Uh-oh. Like, think about the implications of this, Billy. So our sense of touch is completely based on our nervous system. If If you don't have connection to your nervous system, if for whatever reason that gets severed, you cannot feel things. You also have other problems, but let's not get into that. So this implies that Blue Man Group, the creature... Blue man, the being, has some sort of extrasensory nature to them that causes them to be able to transmit stimulation from their skin to their whatever functions as a brain for them or a central processing system. I don't know without connections human you could think of it this way humans are essentially wired receivers, yeah. We have wires running, we literally, we send electrical signals along our nerves. We literally have wires that run through our bodies that tell us things when they come into contact with stuff. Blue Man Group don't need that. Blue Man Group Bluetooth.
1: (laughs) Bluetooth skin. (laughs) Bluetooth skin. Uh, Is there a range
0: on this? Is there a limit to the distance? It says that it's able to survive for some time, implying that there is a there is a, a duration to which that the Blue Man Group's skin can survive off of their bodies, but is there a sensory range? What must that be like for Blue Men? To touch something and still have the sensation of touching it like an echo for days or hours? I... <laughs>
1: Talk about sensory overload, Billy, but that, like... Maybe maybe that's why they do the sensory friendly shows. It's because they know what sensory overload is like. Maybe.
0: It definitely it definitely uh gets you thinking. But that's the other part that brings me back to this speculation about the Captain Crunch lore being connected to the Blue Man Group lore, right? Because Blue Man Group is obviously not human. This is not even kind of human physiology. Yeah. I don't think there's any question, Billy, about the deepest lore
1: here. Yeah.
0: I absolutely value your insight, but this time around, I think I win.
1: Yeah, you definitely win. The discovery of Blue Man
0: World, available now on Amazon, not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored.
1: Hashtag not spawn.
0: Definitely brings up a lot to think about.
1: Yeah, definitely raises a few questions. <laughs>
0: I do wonder a little bit about the influence of Burning Man on Blue Man Group. Because Burning Man, you know what Burning Man is, Billy? No. All right. Burning Man is one of the largest festivals that take place in the United States. Okay. That takes place in basically the middle of the desert, where a lot of, it's very multi, like, artists from every persuasion kind of convene there and essentially throw a big party but it it got started right along the same time as the Blue Man Group did and i wonder how much the influence of that festival left a touch on Blue Man Group if only because the the festival uh, Burning Man seems to have a large emphasis on inclusive inclusivity yeah and and kind of accepting people from all walks of life and blue man group has a a similar sort of drive towards looking at things with a fresh, eye, fresh eyes, stepping yeah. outside of the things that separate us and admiring what defines us. I don't even know how to, how to uh, summarize the deep, the deepest lore here other than go check out blue man world. It is uh, from what I was looking at. It is a trip. What do we, do we want to, do we want to look at, a topic for next time, or do we want to figure that out on our own this time
1: let's let's figure that out on our own this time. Yeah, I think we need to
0: I think we need to expand our list as well so this this will take a little more discussion than I think what's due for the end of an episode. Yeah. so I guess then uh thank you all for listening and join us next week for who knows something yeah, something a mystery episode. I'm Michael Bastien.
1: And I'm Billy Staples.
0: And we'll see you next time.
1: Bye.